0: Good morning. morning. It is great to be here with you all today. My name is Jordan, and I'm one of the pastors here at Carnegie Free. Welcome to everybody here in the auditorium, and welcome to everybody over in the venue, and welcome to anybody watching online. So glad you could join us today. So we're continuing our series in rooted this morning, and we're trying to answer the question of how does God speak to us? And the simple answer to that is he speaks to us through his word, and he speaks to us through prayer. Um, but day number one in the Rooted Devotional Workbook, have you been doing that with us, give us four other ways that God speaks to us. He speaks to us through his creation, and he speaks to us through other people, and he speaks to us through circumstances and through supernatural means. And they did a really good job of talking about the different ways that God speaks to us. And I don't really want to retread that ground. They did such a good job. and You're going to have opportunities in your rooted groups to talk more about that. But what I want to do today is talk about a question underneath all of that, which is, does God listen to our prayers? Does prayer matter? Does it make a difference in the world around us? When we ask for something, does God hear us and respond? Or does it go to some supernatural voicemail messaging system that never gets checked? Is it like we would pray, and it goes on to some answering machine that just never gets checked, it's forgotten in the closet? Because I think for so many of us, it can feel that way. It can feel like we've prayed at different times for different things, and we don't feel like we got a response. That it was something like, hey God, it's Jordan, hope you're doing well. My dad is sick. Uh, he could really use some help right now. Would you, would you be able to help him get better? thanks, bye. Hey, hey, God, it's Jordan again. My dad's not getting any better. Can, can you please help him? Bye. Or, hey, God, it's so-and-so. My marriage is struggling. God, can you, can you please help us? Hey, hey God, my, my son and my daughter, they're not doing very well. Can you, you please help? And it feels like those prayers went unanswered. And so when that happens, so much of the time, we can fall into one of three camps or one of three categories. We can fall into this category of, of viewing God through that lens of deism that Pastor Adrian talked about last week, where God is up here and we're down here, and he created and started it, and then he just kind of stepped back and said, good luck. like It's gonna just run itself. And so you feel like you know, there's really a point to prayer because prayer feels like God's driving the van and he says, just get in the back and be quiet, enjoy the ride. Or he says, we're just gonna go where I wanna go and you just grit your teeth and bear it. Or it can feel like prayer is this thing where you go, I, I just feel like God is a mean judge and so I'm just trying to keep my head down, not trying to draw extra attention to myself. And so I don't wanna talk to him, I don't want him to notice me. Or it can feel like prayer is this thing where you, you ask for God to do something and then he didn't do that thing, so then what's the point? Why even keep asking? and so we can fall into these categories and prayer can become this thing that maybe we do out of habit at meals but there isn't any heart connection there isn't any belief that God's going to respond that he's going to do something different in the world because we asked him to and so as we think about prayer this week i really want us to wrestle with this question of what does it when we pray does it make a difference because if we believe that it makes a difference i think we're going to pray in a different way than if we don't and so i want to pray now cuz Spoiler alert, I think it does make a difference. And then we'll talk about, where do I get that? Let's pray. Father God, how would you help us? God, I pray for my friends in this room who have prayed for good things and they feel like you didn't hear. Would you give them soft hearts to hear you now? And God, I pray for my friends that feel like you're just gonna do what you're gonna do and you don't listen to little old me. Would you please soften their hearts? And God, for that person that feels like you're just looking to get them, God, would you please soften their hearts to hear and to see that you are a good God who loves them? God, would you help me to be clear and concise this morning? I pray this all in your son's name. Amen. So we are going to start in Luke chapter 11, verse 5. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to open them to Luke 11. Luke's in the New Testament, so it's towards the back of your Bible. It goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So if you get to Matthew, Mark, go to the right, you'll find Luke. If you get to John, Acts, Romans, you too far to the right, go back to the left, and you'll find Luke. So as you flip in there, I want to give you some context. One of Jesus' disciples has asked him, would you teach us to pray? There's something about the way Jesus prays that they go, there's di- it's different when you pray. Would you teach us to pray how you pray? And so he starts by teaching them the Lord's Prayer and then he begins to say these, there's kind of parables, illustrations that he gives. So in verse five, he says, then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And and suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is locked already and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So Jesus tells this parable example illustration and it honestly has confused me for like the longest time. Because Jesus tells this story about this guy who has a friend show up in the middle of the night and needs like, a guest, and so he wants to provide him hospitality, he wants to give him some bread, but he doesn't have any. So he goes to a different friend and knocks on his door, says, hey, would you give me some bread? And that guy says, no, go away, leave me alone, my kids are in bed, I'm in bed. And then Jesus says, if that guy stands there at the door and keeps pounding, he'll get up and give him bread, not because they're friends, but because he won't give up asking. And so for the longest time, what it sounded to me is that Jesus was saying, Annoy God long enough, and he'll give you what you want. Like, that's what it seems like he's saying. And so then I thought, okay, I just have to, like, just not give up. That if I want this thing, I'm going to pray, like, night and day, every hour, and then you'll get tired of me, and you'll say, fine, I'll give it to you. But then I'm like, that doesn't seem like God's character. Like, that doesn't seem like who God is. So what is going on here? And for the longest time, I could never figure it out. And then by God's grace and goodness, last week I was reading a commentary that finally explained it in a way that I'm like, this is what he's saying. And so Jesus is giving a contrast. He's contrasting who God is versus your friend. He says, your friend will not get up and give you anything because he's your friend, but because you annoy him. You won't go away. Saying, God's not like that. God, when you knock on his door in the middle of the night, he gets up. And he comes to the door and he says, what do you need? What can I get for you? He's saying, that's the character of God. Which makes so much more sense then when he goes on in verse nine, he says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open." Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If then though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give the holy spirit to those who ask him? So it makes so much more sense when he says, so then knock on the door because God wants to open it to you. Seek him because he wants to be found by you. Ask because he wants to give it to you, wants to give you good gifts. And then he says, hey, audience, moms and dads out here, you guys understand this? When your kids come to you and they say, "Hey, can I have a piece of fish?" you don't give them a snake. Or when they say, hey, can I have an egg? You don't give them a scorpion. And if you are not nearly as good as our Father in heaven, how much more is he going to be willing to give you the good gifts like the Holy Spirit when you ask for him? How much more is he going to give you the things that you ask? And so Jesus, what he's trying to teach us in these verses is that God listens and responds to our prayers. This is our first takeaway. God listens and responds and responds to our prayers. This is what he's trying to teach his disciples. When you pray, God listens to you, and he responds to you. That we don't have to wonder, when I pray, does God hear my voice? When I pray, does it just get trapped by the ceiling? Do I have to go outside to try and get it there? When I pray, does it go on some voicemail messaging service that never gets checked? When you pray, God hears your audible voice along with every one of his sons and daughters all over the globe praying at that moment, he hears, he has the ability, he is so great and mighty and good, he can hear your prayers. And this is the case throughout the whole Bible. You think about Abraham in Genesis 18. Abraham was talking to God, God listened and responded to him. Moses in Exodus 32 and Numbers 14, God, Moses talks to God, God listens and responds to him. And Hezekiah in Second Kings 20. So Hezekiah in 2 Kings 20, Hezekiah talks to God, God listens and responds to him. And then you think about everyone who approaches Jesus. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So when we see Jesus doing something, we're seeing how would God interact with that person? And again and again, when people come talk to Jesus, he doesn't say, I can't hear you. I'm too busy right now. I'm sorry. Again and again when people come he listens and responds sometimes he does what they're asking they're saying would you heal my son would you heal my daughter would you heal my friend and he responds and does what they're asking other times he doesn't there's an instance where he's teaching and this guy shouts out in the crowd hey tell my brother to share half the inheritance with me and jesus doesn't tell the brother to share half the inheritance he says instead tells a story about trusting in stored wealth instead of trusting god And so we we see that God listens and responds to our prayers. Like, think about your own hearts. My guess is you're just like me. Though my kids ask me for something that's good, I delight in giving it to them. I want to say yes to my kids. I want to see their smiles when I give them the thing that they want. What I don't want to say is no. Like, it's way more difficult to say no than it is to say yes. Like, I want to say yes. But there are times I have to say no. There are times we're not going to eat, they're not just times, there's never, well, most 99% of the time we don't eat ice cream for breakfast, (laughs) unless we're on vacation, we're about to leave and we're not going to throw it away, and so this is the one time you get ice cream for breakfast, and I'll say yes to that, but the rest of the time, I I delight to say yes, but there are times I have to say no. This reminds me of John 16, 24. Jesus again, teaching his disciples about prayer. And he says to them, until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. He, he's teaching them that unto this point, you have not gone to God with my authority. You've not gone asking for things in my name in alignment with my will. You have instead gone on your own authority asking for things. He says, but now if you ask for things with my authority in my name, in alignment with my will, you're gonna receive that thing and your joy will be complete. Why will our joy be complete? Think about your prayers. Think about those times when you prayed for something and God listened and he responded and said yes. And you saw this change in the world because you prayed for this thing. There's joy. There's joy when you realize God heard my voice and he said yes. He heard my request and he said, yes, that brings joy to our hearts to receive the things that God, that, the things that we ask for. But then we have to wrestle because there are times when God says no. There's times when we have prayed for things that seem like good things and God has said no. It, there's times when it feels like we asked for an egg and God gave us a scorpion instead. And so what's happening there? So we turn over to Matthew 26. Thirty six to thirty nine. It'll be up on the screens. Jesus. This is hours before Jesus is going to be crucified. He's with eleven of the disciples because one of them, Judas, has already abandoned him to go betray him. It says then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. So Jesus takes his 11 disciples, he takes them to the garden of Gethsemane, and it seems like he leaves the majority of them at the entrance, and then he goes further into the garden with Peter, James, and John, And he tells them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. That I'm overwhelmed with grief, overwhelmed with this moment. Would you pray with me? And then he goes on further by himself and he prays, God, my father, if it is possible, may this cup of wrath, this cup of judgment, this cup of punishment that's about to be poured out on him, on the cross in a few hours, if it is possible to remove this, if possible for some other way for this to happen, would you please do this, God? But not my will, but your will be done. And so we see through Jesus' response, through Jesus' prayer, we see that God's responses to our prayers are yes, no, and not yet. This is the second takeaway. God's responses when we pray. He listens to us and he responds to us, but his responses are yes, I can do the thing that you're asking and I delight to do it. His responses are no, I, I, I'm sorry, but I, I can't do this thing that you're asking me to do at this time. And then there's sometimes when it's not yet. It's I wanna do this thing for you, but it's not gonna be good for you to have it right now or for this to happen right now, so I'm gonna wait a little bit longer and then you can have it then. So let's just look at Jesus for a moment. Look at Jesus' prayer and his request, because you have Jesus, who is the most righteous person who has ever lived, who is the most completely innocent person who's ever lived, and he is loved by God, and he is sitting here praying, God, would you please rescue me from evil men who have evil schemes in my life that they want to create this trap for me to fall into where they are going to lie about me they're going to condemn me they're going to mock me humiliate me belittle me they are going to torture beat and kill me would you rescue me from those men that if i'm sitting there with the disciples if i'm peter james or john hearing this prayer i would go that's a really good prayer like that's a great request for someone to ask god for that a righteous man would be saved from wicked people and yet god answers that with a no no And then we step forward to our place in history and we turn around and look back at that moment and we see through God's no to what Jesus is requesting that God is going to rescue and redeem millions if not billions of people through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that's applied to them by faith. And so we can understand in a small way why is it that God said no to that good prayer when if I was a disciple I wouldn't see any reason why. And so this is one of the things that when I get no's to prayers that I feel like these are good prayers and I don't understand why God's doing what he's doing, I come back to the Garden of Gethsemane. I come back to Jesus. And I can go, okay, it looked bad in that moment, but God, you were doing something great, and so I trust you. And I also go back to this moment in my own life. So I have two sons, uh, Liam and Harry, and Liam is about seven, he's seven now, but when he was one and half two, he cut his head open. So he was playing with this pot out of our cupboard and I don't know what happened, but he dropped it somehow and it shattered the handle and it bounced up and cut him across the forehead. And so we had this choice. Like we could put bandage, bandages on it and he might end up looking like a Bond villain. Um, or we could take him to the doctor. And so we took him to the doctor and the doctor's like, yeah, we're gonna have to give him stitches. And he said, okay, so you're gonna have to hold his head and then nurses came to hold his legs. And then my wife was holding his hand. And we had to hold him down while he screamed and he cried. And they put the stitches in. And I can remember looking him in the eyes and his, his, like, terror. Like, what are you doing to me? Why are you letting them do this to me? Like, you're my dad. You're supposed to be protecting me. Like, why are you letting this happen to me? And I, I knew there was no way to convey to him, like, we need to do this right now because this is the only way that this is going to get better for you. Like, otherwise, there's going to be lifelong consequences for this. And then in my own heart, I thought in that moment of, like, is he going to let me hug him when this is done? Or is he going to recoil from me because he feels like I helped them do this to him? And I was worried that he wasn't going to let me hug him, that he was going to run away and hide. Because I know there's this temptation in my own heart to do that to God when he says no to me. I know there's this temptation in my own heart when I don't get what I want and it feels like it was good to begin to wonder, God, are you actually good? Are you actually gonna come through for me? Are you actually who you say you are? Or, or am I getting a glimpse of who you really are? And so I come back to those moments because, and those moments that remind, reminds me that God is bigger than me and God loves me even in pain. God is there for me and God is wanting to comfort me, wanting to be near to me, wanting to help me to get through what I'm going through. And so I, I think about Jesus because one of the things that he prays at the end of his prayer, he says, yet not my will be done, but your will be done. How, how can you pray that? When you are looking at the darkest moment in human history and you're about to walk into it, how, how can you pray, don't do what I want, but what you want, God? H- how was it that Liam didn't run to me and he did let me hug him? It was relationship. It's a previous relationship that's been built up through time an experience for you to be able to say, that no, God is good. God loves me, God is for me, God is with me. So that when those moments of questioning happen, you can go back to all those other moments where you know, no, this is who God's character is. And I don't understand this, but I know God is good, and I know he loves me, and I know he's for me. And so we need to be like Jesus, who spent lots of time with God to build up that relationship. In Mark chapter one, verse 35, Jesus says, or not Jesus says, we read this about Jesus. It says very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went out off to a a solitary place where he prayed. So very early in the morning, before anybody else was up, Jesus would get up, and he would go out into solitary, abandoned places where there was silence and there was solitude, and he would talk to God. And you might go, do I have to do this early in the morning? And I don't think you have to, but you have to wrestle with your schedule to say once the busyness of your schedule starts, can you pause it to spend time with God? Because I know for me, I have to do it before the busyness starts because once the busyness gets going, it's really hard for me to stop it and to quiet like my inner being so that I can rest and be still with God. Because once it gets going, then I'm like, okay, we gotta go. And so for me, it does need to be early in the morning before I do everything else. Because if I don't do it then, then I just get worked up and I can't like be still. So it's gotta be first thing. But maybe in your schedule you can put it someplace else. But then he went off on his own where there wasn't anybody else, and he talked for God and he listened. And so this is what we see when we wanna hear God's responses. So God, he listens in responds to our prayers, whose responses are yes and no and not yet, but in, be, but in order to hear his responses, we need silence and solitude to hear God's responses. We need silence and solitude to hear God's responses. That we live in a world of busyness, we live in a world of noise, we live in a world of like controlled chaos most of the time. And so it is really hard to hear God's voice in the middle of all that. And so we have to slow down. We have to be able to get away by ourselves where it's quiet, where we can quiet our inner being. And we can pray and then be patient to hear God's voice. And it's not probably going to be an audible voice, but it's going to be these nudges. So I, I think about the difference between trying to have a conversation at a rock concert versus the library. M- my guess is that many of us have been to whether whatever your music of choice is, you've been to some, some concert, maybe it's polka, and, you have this, and they're just doing their polka stuff, and you're like, hey, did you know this band has been around since, and your friend is like, what? And you're trying to have a conversation, it never works. Like no matter how cool the fact is, no matter how bad you wanna tell them, it's way too loud versus the library. You've been in the library and you're whispering and some librarian's like, be quiet! You're like, I'm whispering. But when you're, it's so quiet you can whisper and it seems like it's a shout. And the reality is, is we live in the rock concert of life where there is so much noise. And so I really think that God is trying to talk to us and we're saying, what? What? And so we have to slow down. We have to turn down the volume on the world by finding solitude and silence so we can hear God's voice and not just respond with a what. With a what is it that you're saying. And so here's what I would love for all of us to do. This is what I'm asking for us. Because many of us are in rooted groups and so this week we get to do a rooted prayer experience. And what I would ask is for everybody that's going to participate in that, would you take it serious? That, That if you've been like me, and you've been in this category of feeling like God is just driving the van, he's just going to take it where he wants, and so why do I even bother to tell him what I want? Would you set that aside for this prayer experience? And would you say, you know, I'm going to instead approach him like he is a good father who does want to hear from me, that he does want me to knock on his door because he is going to open it to me and wait and see what God might want to do through that experience. Or you've also had those moments where you feel like, I just don't want to draw extra attention to myself. I feel like I'm flying under the radar and I just don't want to draw extra attention. Would you put that aside? Would you instead say, God, I want to approach you like you're a heavenly father, like it's okay for you to see me because you are going to delight in me, not point out every flaw I've ever committed or every flaw that I have and every wrongdoing I've ever done but instead you're going to say I love you because maybe some of you are afraid to hear his voice because you think he's going to yell at you you think he's going to scream at you and what you might be surprised to hear is he's going to say I love you that I approve of you I delight in you I care about you Or maybe you've been like me and you've prayed for something. You, you prayed for a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter to come home and they haven't. And so when the, you hear about the next one, you go, do I even bother praying? Like, are you gonna listen to me about this thing? Or maybe you've prayed for someone to get better and they didn't, and so when the next person gets sick, you wonder, should I even pray for them? Or should I just pray that God would help them endure this? Should should I ask for healing? Should I ask for big things or should I just pray that God would just help them get through? Maybe you put that aside and you say, no, God, I'm gonna come to you like your father who wants to hear from his children and you you want them to ask for anything and everything. So I'm gonna ask for this and I'm not gonna give up. And so my hope is that we would, as a church, we would approach prayer that way as we go into the rooted experience this week. And then we would say, God, would you please help me to get a bigger picture of prayer? That I've had this smaller view, would you give me a bigger view? I wanna leave you with a story. There's an airline in Canada called WestJet Airline. And I don't know how long ago this happened. It might have been five, six years ago. But they had a a plane that was flying on Christmas Day. And so it was leaving one part of Canada flying to another part of Canada. And so they put in the terminal where this plane was leaving from, they put this TV screen that you could talk to a Christmas character. And you could tell them what, they wanted, what you wanted for Christmas. So people are going in front of this screen and they're saying, hey, you know, I want a big screen TV. Or, or I want a fire engine. Or I want a Red, Ratty, Red Rider BB gun. Or I want um, a snowboard. Or I want airline tickets to Hawaii. And this one guy was like, I want socks. Well, they get on their plane and they fly to where they're going. Plane lands, they get off the plane, they go to baggage claim, and what they asked for starts coming down baggage claim. A big screen TV, airplane tickets to Hawaii, a laptop, snowboard, socks. And I think about this guy who asked for socks. Like when he's in his car driving home or driving wherever he's going next, as he's sitting there kicking himself, going, I could ask for anything. And I asked for socks? Like come on, like what was I thinking? I think about the guy who was sitting in the terminal watching these people talk to this TV screen going like what a waste of time, what a joke. These guys are fools, you think that's gonna do any good? you think there's anybody listening? you think there's anybody who cares? What are they thinking when they're driving home? They're going, I missed it. Why did I not ask? I could have had airplane tickets. I could have been in Hawaii this summer. Well, why did I not ask? I tell you that story because I do not want to be that way with God. I do not want to get to the end of my life and see him face to face and realize he was a good father and he was caring for me and he was looking out for me and he was saying, Jordan, would you ask? Would you talk to me? Would you stop avoiding me? Would you stop asking like, I don't want to help you, like I don't want to talk to you? Would you stop like, I I want to hurt you? That I wanted to be part of your life where you would converse with me and you shut it down when you were 10 or you were 15 or you were 25 or 35 or 85 or when it was, you just said, I don't want to talk to you anymore. And you went silent. I don't want to be that way because I don't want to get there to the end and realize that I could have this conversation with God because it's not about big screen TVs. It's it's not about airline tickets. What it's about is knowing that God, the creator, sustainer of the universe hears my voice and he hears your voice and he wants to be part of your life. He wants to encourage you when you need encouragement. He wants to lift you up when you need lifted up. He wants to be there for you in the good times and the bad times. But, but he's a gentleman, so he will stand at arm's reach if you're saying, I don't wanna to talk to you right now. He's gonna let you work through it and wait for it. But I don't want it to be until I get to the end of my life and see him face to face that I realized I was crossing my arms behind my bedroom door saying, I don't wanna to talk to you anymore. And then I missed it. And so my hope and my prayer is that you don't want to miss it either. Let's pray. Father God, God would you help us? God, I pray especially for my friends that that hurt and they feel like you've betrayed them, you've let them down. God, God, would you please help them to hear your voice? that says, I love you, I am with you, I am for you. For for that person who feels like God is just gonna do what God is gonna do and he doesn't care about what I think, God, I pray that they would hear your voice saying, I wanna hear you, I I want you to tell me what you want, that I, I want to respond to you. God, would you help us to start that conversation with you. God, you're waiting there. You're ready to hear from us as soon as we're willing to say, hello, God. It's been a while. It's been a while since I had a real conversation with you that wasn't, God, just thank you for this food. Would you please help? And God, would you help us to be willing to open ourselves back up to you? God, we thank you for Jesus who shows us what it's like to be able to say, not my will, but your will be done. Would you help us, Lord, to be able to trust in you with such, in your character that is so good that we'd be able to say, not my will, but your will be done. God, we love you. We pray this all in your son's name. Amen.